0: Amen. Well, we had a, uh, a tremendous Sunday last week, and the reason why it was tremendous is I know, and I know there's a lot more, I know of five um, testimonies of God's power just from last Sunday, just from last Sunday. Uh, the first one uh, was this, was a person, a medical person, actually wrote in and said they had an eye problem. And there was not much a specialist could do. It was a real concerning situation. They said, during the Sunday night, no- oh my goodness, last Sunday night, wow. It was just extraordinary, really. The- people, I heard people say, why didn't anyone tell me how good these Sunday nights were? I would have been coming every Sunday, <laughs> every Sunday night. But it was, there was real power in the house. This is what happened. Listen to this. The person said, medical person said, while praising They felt like someone was doing a procedure on their eyes. And their vision has significantly improved and they're now believing for 100% recovery. Who reckons that's a pretty good testimony? So that was just number one. Number two, another person said that they had pain in their neck and actually during the service, the pain disappeared and was gone. I heard two stories of people struggling with anxiety And the anxiety certainly during the service that had diminished and I pray it's gone completely as well. Anxiety is a huge issue right now, folks. So if if we start seeing that happen, anxiety, fear disappear, that would be absolutely awesome. Another person after last Sunday got their PR, permanent residency. Come on, come on, Jesus. And one last one I wanna share with you. It's a personal one, but in the second service, because I preached on praise in the first service. I thought, man, I better do this if I'm preaching it. So I preached on it. I targeted an area, that personal area. And uh, before the day was out, I had a, a significant breakthrough. It was just, I just couldn't, be, I couldn't believe how quick God can work when you really launch into high praise and push it out. So friends, that's five in one Sunday. So I'm believing this Sunday, 10. All right. All right. Keep praying. Keep believing. Keep expecting. So I'm praying right now that um, before the service is out, someone's going to get healed. Someone's going to get set free. Someone's going to be at the door when we're going to tell one other pastor, and they say, you won't believe what happened to me during that service. I, I believe in preaching during the word of God. Well, when, I believe when while we preach, power should take place. Something should happen in your life. You're not just here to get some more head knowledge. You're here for your heart to be transferred. Anybody here for that? Yeah, yeah come on. So let's believe for that. All right, so here we go. And uh, you, you need this message. <laughs> Everyone here needs this message. Because um, do you have any regrets? Anyone here ever made a mistake? One, a few of us. The rest of you are not yet alive, or else you're in total deception. All right? Uh, You have sinned and you have made mistakes, for sure. Have you ever thought, if only, if only I hadn't, if only I hadn't done that. You know, we suffer with guilt and condemnation. They're two of Satan's most powerful weapons, because they rob us of faith and our confidence in God to actually bless us. Because we start, to think we, actually, we start to think we don't deserve it. So Revelation 12 verse 10 says, The accuser of our brethren, he accused them before our God day and night, has been cast down. I want you to notice three words there. Day and night. He accuses us. He reminds us of mistakes. He's unrelenting. He just doesn't give up. In the middle of the night, I don't know if you're like me, sometimes in the middle of the night I wake up and think, oh my goodness, and feel bad, feel condemned, feel judged. And uh, it does affect, uh, we, you know, it undermines our faith <clears throat> because we don't believe that God should bless us. So if, we're gonna successfully, if you're going to successfully hold, lay hold of your future, you have to learn how to deal with mistakes, regrets, and sin um, in your life and to know how completely forgiven you are when you come to God with repentance. And so important. Now, some of you might be sitting there thinking, well, I'm not sure I need to hear this message. Can I tell you, you need to hear this message because you sin. Yeah, you do. You may think you don't, but you do. You say, no, I'm not a bad sinner. Well, let me just give you a few thoughts of where you might sin. Have you ever said anything wrong? Have you ever criticized anybody? Have you ever had judgmental thought? Have you ever been um, pride in your heart? Have you ever had any jealousy in your heart? Have you ever had any wrong thoughts of any, any description? Have you, anyone ever here been impatient? Got a little bit irritable? Folks, these are all sins. You know, we tend to think, oh, this message is for the big sinners, <laughs> Guess what? Tell the person next to you, you're a big sinner. (laughs) We want to rate sins, don't we? We, we, Or what about lack of love? You know? That time that you walked past that man on the street, that beggar, and you just thought, deserves it. (laughs) Ask for repentance. Repent and get it right. So we, to, we got to get this sorted out, folks, because we want a clean conscience before God. So Romans 4 verse 25 says, who has delivered us up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. Now justification is a really interesting word. It means a couple of things. One, it, it means that our sins are forgiven, all right? It's a forgiveness of sins, but it also means our sins are removed from us as if we never sinned justified just as if you never sinned. In other words, no record. Let me prove that to you with Psalm 103 verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, it's a long way, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Now, many of you have heard of the great general of the Salvation Army, and you'd tend to think he was a mighty man of God, wouldn't you? Who'd who'd think he was pretty pretty decent, pretty lived a pretty good life? Okay, he has this vision of heaven. And he says this, All before me, record of my past life was unrolled from birth. I saw to my delight this register contained no record of any misdeeds before my conversion. No record. Because he'd come to Christ and asked for it. has gone. It right? doesn't finish there. He said, Neither was there any record of sins I had done since that time. So, since salvation, before salvation and since salvation, no record. You're doing, this is the great general of the Salvation Army speaking, folks. He said, It's as though some friendly hand had gone through and blotted out the record of evil doings in my life. I felt like shouting praises to God. Who reckons that's a pretty good vision to get? Yeah. See, this is true, friends. When we have come to God uh, and confessed our sin with repentance, every record has been removed. There is no record. There is no record. That thing you regret, it's gone. That mistake you made, it's gone. If you've confessed it and come to Christ and asked for repentance, it is gone. There is no reckoning. I'm gonna give you another uh, example of this later on. Another person had a vision and it came out, exactly the same sort of stuff came out as well and it's absolutely amazing. So the, one of the keys of this is that you can't live by your feelings. Yeah, but I don't feel forgiven. Friends, you, feel you can't live by feelings because they come and go, they change, they're up and down. You've got to live by the word of God. What does the word of God say? You know, He is faithful and just. If we confess our sin to forgive us. You know, he, uh, the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. Believe the word of God. Don't believe your feelings because you'll live a Christian life that is up and down, up and down, up and down. But if you're going to believe the word of God, guess what? You've got to be in the word of God. You've got to be reading this book so that you know what it actually says. Here's a quote for you Forgiveness is man's deepest need. And highest achievement. Wow. What would that be? Because without forgiveness, you're not saved. And you're going to the wrong place. It is your highest need. Your greatest achievement. I was listening to the speaker. And really interesting. And I got my attention. <clears throat> and they said this. They believed if they ever did something wrong, if they sin, they could not live their best life. They'd have to settle for second best. For example, if they'd been immoral before marriage, they'd only ever have a second best marriage. If they ever cheated in an exam, they'd only ever have a second best career. And this this concept ruled their entire life. And I wonder who I'm speaking to right now. And you're thinking because of the things you've done, you are now going to have to live your second best life. It's never going to be quite what it might have been because of your what you have done. Friends, I want to smash that to pieces yeah. to this morning because you don't have to live your second best yeah. life. Tell the person next to you, you can still live your best life. Come on, tell them, tell them nice and loud. <laughs> you can still live the life God always planned and purposed for you. If we can't, because of mistakes and regrets, then I am in serious, serious trouble. Anyway, so I want us to look at it for a few minutes to encourage us or discourage us, it's, it depends how you look at it, in Matthew 26, because the disciples repeatedly get it wrong. repeat it. I mean, they mess up over and over again. And you're gonna see this quite clearly as I bring it out from Scripture. So we're gonna read Matthew 26, 31 to 35. All right, here we go. Jesus said to them, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd... And the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Next verse. It's coming. But after I had been, hold on, I better read it from here. All right. But after I had been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered and said to him, Even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you that this night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even I have to die with you, I will not deny you. So said all the disciples. It wasn't just Peter. It was a whole lot of them. Jesus, we will not deny you. I wonder if you have ever said anything to Jesus, some commit you you've made and not kept it. Anyway, let's read on. So soon after this, Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's at his lowest point. We read in verse 38, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death, stay here and watch with me. So Jesus at the lowest point, he praises agonizing prayer. He sweats drops of blood and then he comes back and what? The Disciples are sound asleep. <laughs> They've gone to sleep. And he says to them, he said, Could you, couldn't you just watch with me for one hour? This doesn't happen once. It happens twice. Maybe it happened three times. I'm not sure, depending on which, you know, some, some right commentator said possibly it happened three times. And over and over again, they just let Jesus down. These guys really do mess up repeatedly. After that, we read that Jesus is betrayed by Judas. And then, <laughs> you know, the remember story in the garden? Then one of, the, one of uh, Jesus' disciples grabs a sword and cuts off the servant's hair. Jesus said, no, no, you guys, you got this all wrong. He has to pick the ear, I don't know how he does it. Puts the ear back into place. These disciples are not fabulous, quite frankly. They're good guys, but they just seem to keep getting it wrong all the time. And then after that, you know, Jesus is betrayed by Judas, as I just said that. And then verse 56, all the disciples forsook him and fled. The very thing they said they wouldn't do, they now go ahead and do that. But it's not it even gets worse. Then Peter denies Jesus three times. We read in verse 75 and he went out and wept bitterly. Mistake, failure, mistake after mistake. After the resurrection, Jesus, he comes and meets up with the disciples. So we read in Matthew 28, 17, when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. I'm trying to put my head around this. So they've seen Jesus crucified. They see him buried. He says to them, look, I'll rise again. I'm gonna meet you in Galilee. He does exactly that, and they still doubt. Like, What are these disciples? Have they got any faith at all? I wonder if any of you ever doubt God. You have doubts about your faith. You're just not quite sure. If you do, you're in good company. Join these guys. They doubt it as well. So doubt doesn't mean, if you have doubt, doesn't mean you're going to have to live your second best life. God is not intimidated by your doubts, by the way. Talk to him about it. Tell him. Tell him what you don't understand. What? Tell him what doesn't make sense. He's okay with it. Look, the the, the they did the psalmists did this all the time. They questioned God. They worried about what was going on over and over again. Sometimes I read the psalms and I think, how could you say that to God? Now God wants it in there because you can say anything to God in. A, in a, humbly and in a right way, you can say, anything. God, he's not going to be judged by. It. So these guys, <laughs> made, so these, they're now they're doubters as well. So they've done all of these things. So after they've messed up over and over and over again, we then go to Matthew 28 verse 18 to 20. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus gives them the great commission. What does that mean? It means despite all the mistakes, their failures and their doubts, God's plans and purposes for the disciples was unchanged. They could still live their best life. They could still fulfill the call and the destiny of God upon their life. And the same, my friend, is for you and the same is for me. It doesn't matter. The mistakes we have made it doesn't matter the doubts we've had, it doesn't matter the failures we've made, it doesn't matter our sin, if we've confessed, we've come to God in repentance, surrendered our lives to Him, we can still fulfill the purposes and the plans of God upon our life. Do not let the devil tell you you are disqualified, that you have to settle for second best. No, you don't, if you understand the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, and I honestly believe we have no idea. Well, I have little idea of the power of the blood and how, you know what we heard in communion today, how it can remove all our sins when we come to God in genuine repentance and asking Him to forgive us and getting our lives right with God. For those of you who may be thinking right now, I want you to understand this is no message of cheap grace. This is no license to sin. No, no, we preach holiness, but we also preach the power of the blood of Jesus. We also preach forgiveness of sins. Brennan Manning writes in John 21, talks about Peter threw himself into the water and swam as fast as he could to Jesus. Which may not sound very interesting to you, but this was after he'd just denied Jesus three times. And he's running now, such a hurry to be with Jesus, he couldn't wait for the boat to get, it, get to get him to Jesus. He jumps out of the boat and swims at breakneck speed to get to Jesus after denying him three times. Imagine for a moment that last night, and I'm sure no one here is guilty here, you did something bad. You lied. You cheated. You criticized somebody. You judged somebody. <laughs> you were jealous of someone. Maybe worse than that. Maybe you What's important? You repent, you come to God, you're so sad, so sad about it, you're so sorry, you ask for His forgiveness, but you stood, still feel terrible. So, what would you do? You stay condemned? Are you consumed with guilt? Or are you like Peter? You jump into the water and swim as fast as you can to Jesus, knowing His arms are going to be open wide. And he's going to receive you in his amazing love. Which one are you? Are you the one that just wallows in guilt and condemnation? Or do you have a revelation of the power of the blood of Jesus? Do you have an understanding of what forgiveness really is? And the fact that confessing there is actually no record. You can possibly even start talking to Jesus about it And he's going to say, what are you talking about? He's going to check my records. Look, I can't find anything here. That's the reality of the blood of Jesus Christ. Do you know what uh, I like to say about Peter? Some of you need to hear this. Maybe online, maybe in-house. Peter did not go through the rest of his life with his head bowed down in guilt. Well was me, oh no, oh no. Just kind of couldn't really look up to people or to God. Just you know, just that. Couldn't look people in the eye anymore because of shame and guilt. I don't know if there's anyone in this room that's denied Jesus three times. I mean, that's high-level failure, and yet his head is held up high. Not only that, Jesus makes him the leader, makes him the captain, the leader of the apostles. What is this? This is amazing grace. This is the gospel that we preach. This is the greatest story ever told. And it's never gonna be beat. There will never be a greater story than this. You don't have to live the rest of your life with your head hung low. No. Get a copy of this message and just listen to it over and over again until you begin to feel the full weight of God's forgiveness and the fact that there's no record, no record of those things that you regret, those mistakes you think that you made. There is actually no record kept of them anywhere in heaven. If you still need some convincing, and some of you do, why don't we talk about the prodigal son for a moment? Now, this guy's in the father's house, and he says, "Now nah, I'm out of here. <laughs> I want my inheritance. Away he goes, reckless, wild, loose living, <laughs> finally ends up in the pig's pen, which always happens when you walk away from God. And then he comes to his senses and he comes back to the father. It says in verse 20, Luke 15, He rose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. You know what always amazes me about this story is the father ran, you know, ran to this rotten son that had let him down and betrayed him and, you know, gone to bad living and hurt the father so deeply. And yet the father runs. I think, why not walk? Why not just wait? Why not let the son crawl his way back? That's not the God we serve, friends. This is what love does. Love runs when the son comes home. If you're at distance from God and you're feeling bad and condemned, you turn one step towards God. He will run towards you because he loves you so deeply. He loves you so, so dearly. And so the prodigal son, you know the story, don't you? He's willing to be a hired servant. What does that mean? He said, okay, God, I've messed up. I'll settle for the second best life. I know it can't be what it was once before, God, because I've messed up. So I'm going to settle for second best. That wasn't the father's plan, was it? No, the father's plan was to get the rug. Get the ring. Get the sandals. The fatted calf, the son would be restored to the full rights of a son that he had before. Full rights, folks, of the son, what he had before. The father was saying, "You don't. You, and I know you've messed up, but you don't have to settle for the second best life. I've still got my best plan in store for you. Because my blood, and that's not the way they put it there, but the blood of Jesus covers over all of those things. There's only one person that had a problem with this. The elder brother. Yeah. Any elder brother in you? Huh? Hold on, God. This guy's messed up. This guy has sinned. Father, come on. You know, full sin here, God. Come on. The elder brother, he couldn't handle it. He couldn't handle that this sinful son could get the full rights back again and have the best life, not the second best life, fulfill his destiny. Question, I want you to think long and hard about this. Is there anyone in your mind who has sinned and you're thinking, no, second best life for them from now on? Or can you run to them and embrace them like the love of God should and like you should? Come on, folks, understand the blood of the lamb. Understand the blood of Jesus. No one is condemned to a second best life if they come to God in repentance and ask for forgiveness and surrender their life to Jesus. This is not a loose living. This is repentance. This is full surrender back to God. But you can come back to the best life. Do not be an elder brother. Tell the person next to you, do not be an elder brother. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) I'll tell you who the elder brothers were. They were the Pharisees. The Pharisees stood in judgment of everybody. Because you know what they the Pharisees problem Pharisees, they just thought they were a bit better. Yeah. Well, I haven't sinned like that person. Come on, folks. Let's get past that. Let's get past that. I'm no better than you. We're equal. We're all sinners in the sight of God. I'll tell you the truth. The longer I'm a Christian, the more sinful I realise I am. It's frightening. Paul started the the chief of the apostles. How did he finish? He said, I'm the chief of sinners because you begin to see what you are really like. The Pharisees sadly never saw what they were really like and so they lived in judgment of everyone else. moving right along. (laughs) Shaka was a best-selling author. But he was released from prison, listen to this story, in 2010, after 19 years in sight for murder. Today, he's a very, very successful person. Walks with his head held up high. The founder of Redeemed Soul and other things as well. Fifth year in prison. He's only in his early 20s. He gets a letter from a lady called Nancy. Nancy had raised David who was a person that Shaka had killed. As he read the letter about David, found out that David was a husband. He was a father. He was a friend. And he is consumed with guilt and condemnation reading this letter. And he doesn't want to keep reading it. But something inside him says, read to the end. Well, thankfully, he did keep reading. As he read on, Nancy said, Despite the devastation you've caused my family I love you and I forgive you because that's what God would want me to do Is there anyone you need to forgive folks Anyway He said he felt so bad because a woman offering him love and was, this woman was offering him love and forgiveness and he hadn't even forgiven himself But that letter started a correspondence between Nancy and Shaka that led to his recovery, his salvation, his forgiveness, and going on to become a very successful person in life. Shaka, despite murder, was not condemned to a second best life. He could still live out fully what God had planned and purposed for his life, because that's the power of the blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. When I think of all the things I've done in my life, pre-conversion, even since conversion, I sometimes think, God, can I really still have the best life? Like, does none of this disqualify me? I'm here to tell you the answer is no, it doesn't because that's the message we preach. And friends, this is a message the world needs to hear. No other faith preaches this level of forgiveness and redemption that God offers to us. So I close with this. Mary Baxter wrote a book called A Divine Revelation of Heaven. And God took her to heaven. Well, it must have been fantastic, eh? She gets taken into this big room, it's like a library. And um, they pull out this one folder or package there. And it's about a certain one individual person. And uh, it's got this person's name written on it. And she's showing what happened when that person was saved. So in this library, that the book is pulled out. And it's a whole record of this man's. It's got a record of his life. So in this record is written the country where he was saved, the city he was saved in, the church, the pastor, I liked, I got excited when I read that. The pastor, and the exact time the man had got saved. And she said, when the angels reported the man's salvation, all heaven began to sing, Nothing but the blood of Jesus can wash my sins away. Then she saw page after page in this man's book had been washed in the blood of Jesus. All the sins, all the mistakes, all the regrets, gone, but through the blood of Jesus. Then she saw a hand come out of a cloud. I love this. Opens a Lamb's book of life, and the man's name was written in the book of life. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, you and I can be, are fully forgiven, and we can live our best life in Jesus' name. Amen. I just love that message. You know why I love it? Because I so need it. (laughs) I'm like the disciples, you know, one mistake after another, after another, after another. And yet God still says I can live my very best life. Just close your eyes for a few moments. What I want you to do right now, in 1 John 1, 7, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us so right now, if you need to, why don't you just bring your mistakes, your regrets, your sins that you have not yet confessed. If they're already f- confessed and forgiven, you don't have to bring them again. But if there's something that, as I've spoken, has come to mind, you know, that you need to just bring before God or just uh, just say, Lord, I, however you want to pray that, because I want you to leave this building today with not one sin regret mistake recorded against your name. I want you to walk out of here with your head held high, knowing that you have peace with God and every record of failures is gone in Jesus' name. Send the keyboard playing behind me? Be great, thanks. You do business with God. 1 John 1, 7. The blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. (laughs) Verse 8. If we say we have no sin, I'm sure there's no one like that here. We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. blood of Jesus flow today let it cleanse you, let it wash you remember the records are wiped clean sins before salvation mistakes afterwards, whatever the blood of Jesus never lost its power and when Satan says God can't bless you Always point him to the blood. Say, yep, Satan, I have sinned, I've failed, but through the blood of Jesus, I am forgiven. And then command Jesus to flee from you. All right, now that you've brought everything to God that you need to bring to Him, why don't you just start to pray and start to tell yourself and tell the enemy, you don't have to settle for the second best life in any area, but you can enjoy the best life that God has planned for you. Why don't you embrace that? Why don't you declare it to yourself in faith? Why don't you confess it and just tell God, tell the enemy, I'm not settling for anything second best. I can have the best life. I'm not disqualified because of my mistakes, because of my sins. He's got the best life for you. Remember the disciples, despite everything they got wrong, Jesus still, his plans and purposes, the great commission was not changed. Those guys went to turned the world upside down. They took revival all over the place. Even this Peter denied the Lord three times, yet he's a leader in the revival. Oh, my goodness. How amazing is our God. How amazing is grace. And I know this probably doesn't apply to Hopefully anyone in this room or online, but if there's some elder brother in you, why don't you confess that and say, God, deliver me and set me free. That I don't, I don't look down on anyone. There's not one person I look down on. And I know everyone can still have their best life. Holy Spirit, I think we probably all need to pray this one. God, deliver us from the elder brother spirit. When we think we're better than others Lord which is simply pride Forgive us Lord Forgive us of judging others Gosh, I feel the presence folks on the this elder brother thought Pharisees. Holy Spirit help us. Help us please. Remove any elder brother spirit within us. Remove any Pharisee spirit within us. Help us to walk in your love towards everybody. Help us not to stand in judgment of others. Let me just pray for everybody right now, including myself, of course. Holy Spirit, I just pray for everybody in house, online. I pray for those that are struggling to forgive themselves, struggling to think that they can still have the best life and fulfill your plans and purposes for them. Holy Spirit, I pray that you give them a great revelation of the power of your blood to not only cleanse from all sin, but also to remove the records just as if we'd never sinned. I pray every person be able to walk out of this building, come offline with their heads held high, knowing, Lord, that the future is all that you wanted it and planned for it to be. As we come to you, Lord, and surrender, as we come in repentance. Lord, help us to step into all that you have for us. And Lord, I pray for any elder brother, spirit within me, within any of us. God would you just remove it? Would you take it away? Lord, we're all sinners saved by grace and the mercy of God. And Lord, you make the greatest saints out of the greatest sinners. You make the greatest winners out of the greatest losers. You give the best future to those with the worst backgrounds. So help us, Holy Spirit, we pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, you went all the way to the cross. Thank you, you shed your blood for our salvation. We will be forever, ever grateful. Oh my god, this is amazing grace.